really, we have like a, a little slogan that we say at Chansey Charm, and that's we over me. And that is the heart behind everything you see at Chansey Charm, whether it's serving clients, helping our teammates. I have an academy that, you know, it's we over me. And so that really was the heart behind the expansion. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones. Sarah Chansey of Chansey Charm Weddings joins me to chat about scaling her wedding planning business. Originally founded in Denver, she eventually moved her business to Atlanta and scaled to 13 cities across the United States. This episode is jam-packed with practical information, and even if you have no interest in scaling your business to other cities, you can use the tips that Sarah shares to level up your marketing efforts. We cover her process for moving to another city and some of her favorite tips around concepts like search engine optimization. And I think you'll be able to tell that Sarah is one of those people who knows her stuff. If you're interested in learning more from Sarah, be sure to check out the Wedding Planner Academy, which can be found on her website at chanceycharmweddings.com. Be sure to check out the show notes at davianchrista.com for the resources we mentioned during the episode. And I want to hear from you. Let me know what kind of content you'd like to see on the Brands That Book podcast, especially as we tackle our next 100 episodes. To leave your feedback, just send us a DM on Instagram at davianchrista. Now, on to the episode. All right, I'm here with Sarah of Chansey Charm Weddings, and we are chatting all about this planning business that she's built that spans multiple cities. So I'm excited to get into that. We just recently launched a website for Sarah as well. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Love your podcast. Absolutely adore you guys and super thankful for all that y'all have done for Chansey Charm in the last couple of months uh, with the new site. It's just honestly like I am a raving fan now. I worked with Chick-fil-A for a little while, so raving fans are a thing there. And I just cannot say enough good things about your process, your sales process all the way through to execution. And of course, beautiful design work. I mean, it's already, we're already seeing the benefits of that. So just a little free plug for you there. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Well, we appreciate that and loved working with you as well. I know Krista really enjoyed the project, not only working with you personally, but then also the final product as well. So I feel like it was just a, a really good fit and made it that much more fun of a project for sure. Thanks. Well, she's a saint because it it's a huge site. So, you know. She is a saint because she has to deal with me. So she is. Uh, so we're finally in our new office. We were just talking about that a little bit because you're going through the home building process right now too, yeah. which has also been for you maybe a little bit longer of a process than you anticipated as it was for us. Chris and I are sitting next to each other now, which is the first time in, I don't know how many years. I don't think we've ever actually had an office together. I love it. Maybe very briefly. But anyways, that's not the point. The I, I want to I get into your story a little bit and hear about how you got into wedding planning in general. And then, of course, how it evolved into this business that, that spans multiple cities. So how'd you get started? For me, I was in Denver. My husband and I had moved from Athens, Georgia, where we met and got married to Denver, Colorado. So bright eyed and like, we can't fail. Got out there, had a really hard time because it was in 2009. So it was just right when the crash happened and everybody was kind of scrambling. And I had an interior design 
degree, which was not super marketable at that point. A lot of interior designers were losing their jobs. So I ended up working with Chick-fil-A. We ended up both working with Chick-fil-A, running one out there, and just really loved that environment, loved learning so much from them about events, marketing, advertising. A lot of what you see at Chancy Charm is built on the training that I got from Chick-fil-A. But I knew that it wasn't really the end goal for me. Since I had been in college, I knew that I wanted to work from home and have freedom and flexibility to raise a family and also just creative freedom. And so really the part that stuck for me when with that job was were the events. You know, I was doing daddy-daughter date nights and traveling to do grand openings. And those were the moments that I really enjoyed. And so That's really why I started thinking about doing events, doing weddings. I had just, you know, we had just gotten married. We were still newlyweds. And I, my wedding day was literally the best day of my life. So I was like, I want to help other women do this. Like, I want to be a part of their planning journey, which I know can be stressful and help take some of that stress away. And so, you know, literally in a park in Colorado, as like picturesque as that sounds, we started talking about Chancy Charm and launching a business that I felt like I could serve and love people in. And that is really the heart behind Chancy Charm. And honestly, all of the planners on my team now embody that 150%. Like there are no divas in our group. We're all servants and just really, really love our clients. And that's what Chancy Charm is founded on. Yeah, that's awesome. And and just an interesting observation. So many people I talk to mention 2008, 2009 as sort of a start date or a pivot date, you know, right after the crash there. I think that's so interesting, especially certainly in light of uh, current events going on right now. I mean, back in 2008, 2009 was a difficult time period for so many different people. But at the same time, it seems like people were able to, you know, take that challenge and turn it into something awesome and something that's still flourishing a decade later. So yes, I just think that's an interesting point from from past interviews that I've done as well. So tell me a little bit more. So that's that's the start. Tell me a little bit more how it sort of expanded beyond just a single city. Yeah, well, being that we were in Denver as newlyweds, my husband in seminary, we knew there was an end date there in Denver and we wanted to move back to Atlanta to start a family and potentially move to Charleston eventually. So thus the multi-location kind of scenario was born really because you know, when you're a wedding planner, it's really hard for wedding planners to transition to new cities because, okay, are you going to fly back for all these weddings or kind of what's going to happen? And so I started working on Atlanta pretty much from the start, knowing we were going to move there for a little while, hopefully have kids. And then also really had Charleston on the site pretty early on, just kind of pie in the sky hopes that we would make it there. That was kind of a thing from the beginning However, and I I started, it was kind of the worst and best thing that ever happened to Chancy Charm because I wasn't in Atlanta. I couldn't start planning there. So I brought on a planner in my first year of business in Atlanta and I was doing the website and the sales. I was doing sales calls from Denver for the planner in Atlanta and working on the website, kind of starting to tinker away, which really ended up being, I always say that our Chancy Charm is successful because of Google and God. And and I should put God first, but really I started tinkering away on the website and on search engine optimization. I'm a huge tech search engine optimization nerd. I love it. I mean, I, 
I went, you know, I did AutoCAD in college. So it really wasn't very far away from my professional training to kind of start tinkering away on the site. I'd stay up till 4am, you know, after work, working on this site, night after night, was just really driven. I was actually chatting with the founder of Style Me Pretty, her husband and I would chat about like the effects of Google Plus on your website SEO back like in 2011. I mean, Jess was really into that. And because I didn't have anything else to do, I couldn't plan events. And I just, I thought that was the worst. Like I was like, I want to get out there and start planning. But it really set the foundation for our success. Because when I moved back to Atlanta, it wasn't long after I moved out back to Atlanta that I started seeing the effects of that work I had done. And we started ranking on the first page for Atlanta Wedding Planner. And that really led to our success. Yeah, that's awesome. So the swap from or the addition of Atlanta to your wedding planning services, really sort of out of a necessity almost because you wanted to move back to Atlanta. Once you moved back to Atlanta, did you continue planning weddings in Denver? So I actually, I brought on some planners out in Denver and they did continue to do events. Not a lot. Our Denver location really had a hard time gaining momentum and still does. Honestly, it's a, it's really been interesting having so many locations. When I moved back to Atlanta and things really took off, I felt like, well, gosh, I just like figured this out. And I mean, I need to share this opportunity with other women. That was really my heart behind continued expansion because, you know, I think people look at Chancey Charm, they're like, gosh, she must be a narcissist. Like, why does she have all these (laughs) locations? But it was really because I felt like, I had discovered the secret to marketing a wedding planning business, and I wanted to share that with other women in other locations. Now, the <laughs> the sad thing is that my first true launch with another planner in another location past Atlanta was Charleston, and it was an instant success. We started ranking on the first page there Within three months, I literally had a very famous planner there calling me like, I'm so sorry, but how the heck are you on the first day? <laughs> and it was an instant success. And that was the best and again, worst thing that could happen because I thought, wow, I really am God's gift to wedding planner marketing. And so I started launching these other locations, but they took so much longer to be successful. DC, for example, very successful location for us. Love the DC. Virginia markets, very successful for us. That took six months to a year to see, you know, the effects. And so that was really hard. And I, I, there were so many days where I was like, why did I do this? Why did I took all the profit from Chancey Charm Atlanta and was just sinking it into the SEO pursuit and ranking better. And, you know, it just, it ended up being such a crazy journey for me. And there were so many days after kind of the initial like plunge happened where we started seeing success. And I would tell my publicist, like, I think we're going to make it, (laughs) but I'm not sure. You know, I mean, it was, it was touch and go for a long time. I'm like, wow, that was maybe not the wisest thing to do to launch all of these (laughs) locations. But, you know, I think God's blessed it at the end of the day. It's, it's cool to see it has been successful. (laughs) Yeah. So how many cities are you in right now? So it's, kind of complicated. We have 13 locations. However, we don't have planners in all of those locations because some of them, so 
it, during my journey of launching so many locations, I started recognizing finally where, where and why we were successful. So we were more successful in destination locations. So locations where a client was Googling for a planner in that area, and then they had to hire a planner because they are not physically there. Mm -hmm. So for example, Charleston's real successful because we have a lot of clients from New York and Chicago and all these other places and they need a planner. And so finding a location where there was enough volume of search and people needed to hire a planner because it was a destination location, that was a success for us. So for example, Memphis, not a success at all. We had mm -hmm. to close that location because it's a very word of mouth, smaller market, and their people are not searching online there as much. So it's been an interesting journey to figure out like what does and doesn't work. And, you know, just humbly, like I have closed locations. I have mm -hmm. made the decision in some of our current locations to say, okay, you know what? We're going to get a couple of leads there a year that are really great quality. I want to serve those leads with our best planners, but we're not going to have a planner in that location. Mm -hmm. So sure. 13 locations, give or take with planners and probably 10 or 11 of those locations. Okay. Awesome. And and what do you think the difference was? So you'd mentioned uh, with Charleston, for instance, like within three months, you're on the first page of Google for Charleston wedding planners, which is, which is incredible. And for people listening, I'm not sure that uh, I'm not sure <laughs> I want to set that as like a reasonable expectation for entering yeah, a new market. Exactly. Right. So a few questions starting with maybe what, what do you feel like the difference was in what you were doing for Charleston as opposed to, or versus DC, where both ended up being successful markets, but DC took maybe a little bit longer to get started? I think that the online search engine optimization competition in Charleston was much lower when we entered that market. We have actually had to fight to keep that ranking in Charleston because it is now more competitive, much more competitive than when we entered that market. Whereas DC's market, those planners there had already started exploring SEO more. And we saw that in you know these bigger cities that they were really already kind of ahead of the game. And were, there was a higher level of competition there. There were more planners who were optimizing their site for searches, which is one of the reasons why we worked with you guys is because I knew you knew your stuff when it came to search engine optimization and would help build a site that not only was beautiful, but also ranked really well and would allow us to optimize because it is such a key part of our business and our lead flow. So, you know, I think that was really at the end of the day, that was it. There were, it was not as much competition, but let me tell you, they have stepped it up in Charleston. <laughs> I know everybody's going to listen to this podcast like, I'm going to launch a location in Charleston. It's, it's not that way anymore. <laughs> sure, sure. So do you, have any, do you have any tips, especially when it comes to search engine optimization for people who want to optimize for a specific city? Like, do you have uh, maybe a, I mean, and again, I'm deviating from questions <laughs> that I sent over, That's which fine. I hate to do. <laughs> But just out of curiosity and for people listening, if you have a, a few tips for people who want to optimize for a location, just things maybe they should keep in mind as they're, as they're creating content. Yeah. You know, I think that the number one tip is obviously my number one tip is to make sure that you're, if you are purchasing a template or working with someone that you are finding someone who 
or a template that has been built with SEO in mind, that you're not just going for the shiniest thing, that you want a beautiful site that converts, but you also want a healthy site. And you want a site that you can optimize. And I think that there are so many platforms out there that people are trying to use to have a site that ranks well. And this is like off the record, whatever, my own personal opinion. But after a decade of pursuing high ranking site, I believe that WordPress and show it, they are favored by Google. Google will deny that, but Google loves those platforms. They rank well consistently. And I think it's because they're built with SEO in mind. And when I say that, the next tip would be, you know, keywords, knowing your keywords and for wedding and event professionals or creatives in general, hopefully your keywords are pretty easy. I actually was just talking to some wedding planners about this the other day. We optimize for Atlanta wedding planner, Houston wedding planner, Charles, you know, it's very easy for us to know our keyword, to make sure that they are throughout the content on our site and in the titles of our pages. And just to make sure that, that I've worked with a couple of copywriters and I'm like, Hey, here are our keywords. You know, we don't just want great copy. We want great copy that also is going to help us rank well. So that's, those are my top tips is, you know, making sure that you have a platform that's going to rank well and that you know your keywords and that you're making sure that you're using those. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think all of that's good advice, you know, and I especially appreciate even when you, when hiring a designer or finding a template, you want to make sure that your, your web designer has some knowledge of search engine optimization. I don't yeah. necessarily think every website designer has to be an SEO specialist, but they should understand sort of the foundations of search engine optimization. Yeah. And I encourage people to just go and check out your site too, as an example, because you have these pages on your website that are specific to these searches. And one mistake that I, I typically see people make who want to rank for multiple areas is they try to take their homepage and rank for all these <laughs> different locations. Yes. So it's like Houston wedding, Houston and Austin and <laughs> San Antonio and, you know, and, and international wedding photographer. And that's what they, they title their homepage. And it's like by trying to, to optimize for all of these different locations on the single page, you're, you end up optimizing for none of them. So yeah. Yeah. Anyways, getting back to <laughs> getting back to what I want to talk to you a little bit more about, which is scaling your business and, and, you know, to a certain extent, I want to hear a little bit about wh why you decided to scale your business even beyond, you know, that, that first necessity where, you know, you wanted to move back to Atlanta, but maybe even more than that challenges that you faced, struggles that you, you faced as you, you scaled your business. It was actually interviewing somebody else for the podcast yesterday about building a team. One of the things that we mentioned was build, building a team is so much fun. Working with people is a lot of fun. It's more fulfilling, I think, working with a team. It's also challenging working with people. Yes. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I'd love to hear a little bit just about maybe some of the challenges you faced as you scaled your business. Oh, that is a great question. Really, we have like a, a little slogan that we say at Chancy Charm, and that's we over me. And that is the heart behind everything you see at Chancy Charm, whether it's serving clients, helping our teammates. I have an academy that, you know, it's we over me. And so that really was the heart behind the expansion. But like you said, you don't ever go into these kind of things. Well, maybe some people do. I'm not the kind of person that's going to think about all of the consequences and responsibilities that I'm building for myself. 
I am an Enneagram seven, seven, three. So the unicorn of Enneagram. So I like to get it done, but I also, I just have big dreams. And so we expanded and it was fun and exciting and I'm helping people. And then, like you said, the back end processes involved with working. I mean, I have over 30 women on my team right now. That's a lot of people to manage and communicate to. And there were two main struggles for me in launching all these locations. I don't have them anymore. Praise the Lord. But capital flow was bad. You know, I just, like I said, I sunk all the profit from Chancey Charm Atlanta into these locations. I, there were months I didn't pay myself. Like it was not easy. And I think that's the first thing if someone's looking to expand is making sure that you have a certain amount set aside that, you know, this is earmarked for this expansion to this city. I'm not going to cry when this money's gone because for me, it was kind of a shock. I mean, I have to touch the you know stove to know it's hot. Like I just was, whoa, this is crazy how much money it takes to hire someone to help with publications. I hired a publicist. I had to hire an accountant to keep up with money in between myself and these planners. I had to create a team, a support team, so that I didn't completely drown in running this these locations. And then the other struggle was HR. It was building a team because for so many years, I'm just, you know, true transparency, like maybe I'm not the best leader, you know, like I had a really hard time. I at first struggled so much with when someone transitioned off the team, feeling like a failure. I just must have done the worst job or they hate me or it's personal. And now I have people coming and going all the time. And I'm just like, it's just a season. It's a season for them. Like they're going to come be a part. They're going to leave. It's not personal. It's just whatever's best for them. And I try to let my team know that all the time. Like we're going to love you on the way out just as well as we loved you on the way in. And that is my goal. But I had to like speak that out loud for so many years to actually feel it in my heart because you know, when you have a baby, your business, you let other people in and then they transition, it feels personal. But really at the end of the day, so often it wasn't personal. Same thing goes for me. Sometimes there were business partnerships that were not ideal for the business anymore. And we had to transition those. And I know it felt personal. And and that's the hardest part, I think, of for me as a people pleaser running a team is like, there were moments where I just bawled my eyes out and told my husband, like, I'm going to quit. I don't like doing this because I don't like making people upset. And he was just like, you've got to, you, you can't let this be like the end of this business. It's helping so many people. And so that helped me push through. But then also what a struggle to get rhythms with my team that made sense for them and for my evolving life because I had Boaz, you know, six and a half years ago. So four years into my business, I've got all these teammates and then I start having my own family and that was messy and there were tears and it's taken me, you know, a long time to understand what works for me and for them. So now we have a Slack channel where we're talking every day. So it's available for anyone to ask questions. They answer each other's questions. I'm not bottlenecking the company anymore because I'm not the only one who can answer a question. 
And then we have a monthly team call where we're chatting about, you know, ways to improve the business, or we have a guest speaker or those kind of things. We had a we had a huge team call to talk about the launch of the new website and the vision behind that. We're moving up towards a higher end client. Let's talk about that and how we're going to make that happen. Right now, we're doing a six weeks training on sales. And actually, Terika is where we've purchased her course and we're going through that together. And so we're pushing each other in that way. And then we do try to occasionally have a happy hour where we're just hanging out and talking about life. And then we have a yearly team retreats, but that took me so long to develop and to get rolling. And I also, we have a backend page, which Krista knows about. We have a backend page where people, where we have resources stored because I was just inundated with emails from people like, where's this? What's that? I heard that, you know, I, I don't, I can't find that, you know, so we have like a hub for them. So it's taking so long to figure out like what are the processes that make this team work without drowning in emails and emotionally, how do I let things come and go without being a wreck all the time? So those are some of the things that have been the most challenging, but just praise the Lord. Things are kind of, they've settled out. It, you know, there's no drama. It's good, but it's taken a decade to get to that point. <laughs> sure. But you know, I, I'm really, I'm really glad that you brought up all these different systems though, too, because I think it's so important for people to hear that, how valuable systems like Slack, monthly team meetings, just checking in and communicating well with people, the team retreat, that sounds awesome, you know, and then also just like investing in continuing education too. So it sounds like people are going through formal sales training. So I think all of those things are so important to this success and especially scalability of a business. And a lot of that's been, been top of mind lately. One, because, you know, I had an interview yesterday where we were talking specifically about hiring, you know, as a way to, to scale a business. And a lot of it really comes back to I think systems that are put in place, would you even say that systems maybe helped the capital flow a little bit, you know, as you smooth out some of these things, all of a sudden you have more efficient use of money maybe? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And there were, you know, I would say every six months I'm looking at our expenses and making sure, are we using our funds to the best of our ability? Are we, yeah, just, you know, constantly reevaluating who's on the support team with me? How much are we putting into those people or those areas? And are we seeing a return on that investment, mm -hmm. making tweaks, which that's a really hard part. Honestly, that's, that's been a hard part of the journey is figuring out what's the return and can we continue to invest in this as a team? And yeah, it definitely processes have definitely helped in so many ways, in one way, just bring up my time so that I'm able to work on things to generate new revenue. I mean, that's, mm -hmm. you know, helps tremendously. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to business in multiple cities, how do you consistently market? So, I mean, it sounds like yeah. you have a bunch of different systems in place, especially for managing and organizing your team, making sure that everybody's, you know, working together towards, towards common goals, but marketing, I mean, for a lot of people in a single city, is feels like more than they can chew, you know? So how do you bite off marketing in yeah. multiple cities? That is a great question. And really the tips that I, or the 
plan that I have can work in there's someone listening to this podcast and they're like, I just need to know how to grow where I am. It's the same process that we have duplicated in all of our cities. And we, I have seen this process work, you know, to launch six figure businesses. So it's definitely takes a lot of time. It takes work. It takes patience, but there is a process to the madness. If you're launching a new location, the first thing you want to do is have someone on the ground who can rep your brand with excellence. They really know, they really know your brand. They really know your target client. We talk about, you know, having a vision statement for our team so that we're all on the same page. We all know what Chancy Term stands for. So having that person on the ground is the number one thing you're going to want if you're expanding to a new location. All of my new locations were expanded with someone in that location, really repping the brand. And I think that's super important. The next thing that we try to do is doing collaborating locally and having styled shoots in that area so that we can get images that are local. But then also it leads into the next point. You're going to be connecting with other vendors in a positive way. And hopefully they're going to walk away saying, wow, you know, for a planner, she's super organized or for a florist, she's so creative. I want to work with her again. And so we actually follow up our style shoot. Obviously we submit it for publication, which is a little SEO tip. You can get a link back to your site when you get published online, but we also reach out to all the vendors to collect reviews and give reviews. And so we kind of start that snowball of collecting reviews, which is a really important part of marketing a business in a new location is collecting reviews. Are you doing that on Google reviews? Yes, we do that on Google. Yeah, Google. Okay, Google. And then Google my business. And then are you... (laughs) So, and then I'm I'm assuming you could use those on your website as well and other places if you need them. But when you ask, you're asking people to go to Google My Business and leave a review there. Exactly. And you know, if you have a planner that's transitioning to a new location, obviously past clients of theirs can also review on that listing. So that's something that's really important to us is to collect reviews. So, you know, we've got a person on the ground, a styled shoot with local images. We're building vendor relationships. We're collecting reviews. From there, we make sure that we're on all the local listings. So we are on Wedding Wire. We are on Google My Business. We're making sure that we're listing our site as many places as we can. And then my very favorite tip, especially for planners, but honestly, it works for anyone in the industry is having venue or vendor partnerships. So obviously a venue partnership doesn't work for a venue. So we're going to say venue and vendor, but having partnerships with local event professionals or creatives, you know, obviously somebody can be listening to this that's not in the event industry, forming those key relationships. So for us, we go to a venue and we're like, hey, can we help you do a styled shoot here or do an open house? And in exchange, you can put us on your list and refer us to other people. And obviously there's many referral systems in the creative industry, but we basically are trying to do We're trying to create what I call the sweet spot, which is where you have online leads and word of mouth referrals coming into your business. When you reach that point, that is when you have a healthy business. So for me, launching a new location with a planner, I can do all the things online, but if they don't get on the ground and form those local partnerships, it's not going to be a successful location. Sure, sure. 
Yeah, I think that's uh, there is so much there. I feel like that was an entire pod. I could just Sorry. <laughs> no, I could just cut that piece and that could be the entire podcast, I think, or or an entire episode for people. But I mean there's just so much good stuff there and again, a lot of stuff that you know, I mean, just to, to highlight a few things, one, uh, collecting and giving reviews. I think people really discount how important that is to local businesses, yes. you know, and being able to show up in the local pack or, or get good search, vis- search visibility there. And it's so easy to do because really people just have to have some sort of interaction with your business. So even if it's another vendor, you know, that's totally fair game for them to come alongside and say, and leave your review and say, Hey, you know, they're so talented. They're so good at what they do. So on and so forth. Did you guys feel like that? Was that a big part of your photography business? Yeah. I mean, so we were a few, I guess a few things about the uh, photography business that I think are a little similar to some of the things that you've talked about. One, having different pages that were dedicated to different areas, um, especially being, you know, when we were shooting yeah. and, and, you know, we don't live in the area anymore, but it, when we were in Annapolis, there's Annapolis, there's the Eastern Shore of Maryland, there's Baltimore and DC all right next to each other. So making decisions as to what our homepage was going to be optimized for, and then also making sure there was other pages that would be optimized for the Eastern Shore of Maryland and the beaches, Baltimore and DC, which were both 45 minutes away in different directions. And then making sure that we had built local citations across things like Wedding Wire and The Knot and Google My Business. Yeah. So a lot of those things... I mean, hearing you say that, I just kind of shake my head like, yeah, yeah, it works. Um, but one thing that I think I really appreciate about what you're saying is that you just, you make the most out of each thing that you're doing, you know? So you have that collaborating locally. So the practical aspect of that might be doing a styled shoot, but then just from that one styled shoot, you're talking about, okay, well, we're going to talk, we're going to trade reviews with those vendors. All right. And then from there, we're going to try to form venue partnerships and maybe help venues organize styled shoots. And so it's this web of stuff. I think that you're doing that really compounds and it's so, you know, so it's, it's such an interesting and very practical, I think, possibility for people, you know, just uh, steps for people to take to implement in their business. Thank you. Hopefully it's not so overwhelming. Yeah, no, I don't think it's overwhelming at all. I just thought it was great. I mean, everything seemed to build, uh, build on top of each other there. And then it was also that concept of making the most out of the different things you're doing. It's not just doing a styled shoot, but it's doing a styled shoot, using that to form relationships, getting that published, getting reviews from that. You know, So right there you have, I mean, I know a lot goes into a styled shoot, but it's worth it when you're doing all of those things on top of it, I think. So- what would you say? And I know that there is, you know, you talked about the sweet spot in terms of getting word of mouth referrals and getting consistent online referrals. What would you say your best re- referral sources are in general? For us, venue partnerships, I've literally seen those launch six figure locations for us. It really, really makes a huge impact for someone that's new in the industry to form a venue partnership that, I mean, because venues are such a gateway vendor, you know, they are, and, and for planners, we really struggle with how do we become, we're a gateway vendor, but where are we getting our leads? Venues have just been our number one referral source by far. And I get a lot of pushback on that. You know, a lot of people who are new in the industry are like, well, I mean, all these venues that are downtown, they are really hard to get on their list. You know, you have to like do an event there first. And I'm like, that's not, those are not the kind of venue partnerships that we started with. We started with venues that were 
new venues that were on the outskirts of town that people didn't have as much knowledge about. And we were leveraging our clients and our lead stream to help form those relationships and get those things rolling. And I think that's, you know, important to think about when you are first processing, like what venues are going to be a fit for me or what vendors or what other creatives are going to be a fit is you might not be successful reaching out to the number one florist in your area. I know I did, and I, that was not a success for me, <laughs> but there are other people that are in a similar season to you with their business. And that's where I had success was I really started doing shoots and partnerships with people who were also just as eager as I was to get this going. Yeah. So as far as Google goes, does that still, is that still a big part of your strategy? Absolutely. We still get a lot of leads online. And I know a lot of people are like, are those like leads really, are they good? I'm like, yeah, they're good. We just got 150K lead in our inbox from Google. Like, girlfriend, got to get on board. You know, this is so important for business, especially I think as the new generation comes up, they are on their phones constantly. They're Googling everything. And your target client is on Google, 150%. They're on Google. Sure. Yeah. And I find that the people who maybe don't feel like Google uh, leads are all that good are, are maybe taking some shortcuts. You know, I feel like it's a combination of your website and your your brand presence in a given area, that social proof and trust factor combined with optimizing for search engines. But likewise, you know, we got a lot of really great leads from Google, but I think that they're well qualified coming in. But and there's so many other things that you're talking about, I think that help with search engine optimization, like getting published and getting reviews and things like that. And so people might Google you to find out about you, but then they see you in 10 other places online and all of that comes together to make for a really good lead. I really appreciated this content that you shared today. I know that you have resources available for people who are interested maybe in unpacking some of the content that we talked about today and then you know expanding on that as well you have the wedding planning academy can you talk to us a little bit about what people can find there yeah and you know krista just made that look a million times better than it used to the academy the academy is literally born out of the fact that i lead 30 plus planners and had to create resources for those planners and then was like hmm maybe i should repurpose. I'm all about that repurpose. <laughs> we haven't even talked about blog posts, by the way. Repurposing is everything. And I was like, I should start selling these. And so I did probably, I think it's now been, it's been at least four years, if not five, and launched some courses and that kind of thing. And at this point, it is morphed into kind of a mix of things. I have a launch bundle and a community pass for new planners. So a planner that is like just getting started in the industry, it's a great, great bundle for them because it's going to have everything from planning basics and design basics, my Canva design templates, a sales guide, welcome guide, all kinds of stuff. But it also has a couple of marketing PDFs in there that will help you figure out what is your target client and your vision statement and all those kind of things and help you with some of the basic things that we talked about today. And then it's a community pass. So we have a Facebook group where I'm constantly uh, answering questions and engaging with people who have purchased that. And then actually just 
well, I shouldn't say just launched. I have a beta group. So I'm about to launch a marketing mastermind because if you can't tell, that is where my true passion is, is wedding planner marketing. I love it. I'm a nerd for it. And so decided recently, like, I think this is a thing that I want to do and we'll have a lot of fun doing. And so inside the mastermind, it's a year yearly subscription and you're going to find a lot of these advanced marketing resources like SEO help and social media and all these kind of things, but also video trainings. And that was one reason why, you know, spitting out some of this stuff was so easy for me because I've been in the midst of doing these video trainings for people to basically expand upon how to rank well and you know how to get published and all those things that I just love talking about. And then we also have a Facebook group for that group where I'm going to go live monthly and answer people's questions because it can just feel really super overwhelming to try to figure all of this out. And I'm an open book. Like I'm so here for answering people's questions, but really I think in a live format, that's going to be the best way to do that and have, you know, a Q and a and stuff. So that's going to be launching in November. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. So lots of resources to check out. You can find those at chancycharmweddings.com. And I believe it's in the top level navigation, right? There's yes. Wedding Planner Academy. So click there if you're interested in learning more uh, from Sarah. And Sarah, thank you so much. Maybe I'll have to have you back on for an SEO specific episode and we can dive into yes. things like blog <laughs> content and some of your other strategies, especially around search engine optimization, which is a, a, a shared passion. So yeah, thank you again that. for your time. Really appreciate all the content you shared today. Thank you so much for having me. I just adore you guys. So happy about your new house. Love seeing all the beautiful fall foliage photos and dreamy videos of your dog on the front porch. And um, <laughs> just honored to know you guys and be you know business partners with y'all in that respect with the site. And just thanks for having me and letting me ramble about all my marketing passions. <laughs> oh, so much good practical advice. Thanks, friend. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to deviancrista.com.